This is Craig Manson for Authors on the Air, the Global Radio Network. And we're here at BotricCon 2023 in San Diego. And we're interviewing authors and getting them familiar with Authors on the Air and getting the uh, listeners of Authors on the Air familiar with the, the writers and readers out there as well. Uh, today, our guest is Deborah J. Ledford, whose book is Redemption. Deborah, welcome. Thank you, Craig. I appreciate it. You're, you're from, from Phoenix. We were just talking about the weather you've had over the last several months. Seems there's been no redemption from that weather. Very nice segue. <laughs> so tell us about Redemption. So Redemption, it uh, releases uh, September 1st, which, uh, as this is recording, is today, book birthday, by uh, Thomas and Mercer. And um, it takes place uh, on and around the Taos Pueblo in northern uh, New Mexico. Uh, And it's about a a Taos Pueblo, full-blood Taos Pueblo sheriff's deputy who is uh, looking for her best friend, who was a famous hoop dancer a few years ago. Then there was an injury involved. And and no one believes she's missing except her, except for Ava, and and the the woman's eighteen year old son. So it's there's it's a sidekick situation where they're essentially doing something that could jeopardize her badge and standing with the tribe. Is this the first book? This is the first book of this series. I have a previous series called Smoky Mountain Inquest. And those four books take place in Western North Carolina. I am Eastern Band Cherokee, so my people are from that region. But for this series, it's the Ava Lightning Dance Duran series. Thomas and Mercer wanted a, a new location and a new cast of characters. So you are traditionally published? Yes. How did you start writing? It's been a long time. <laughs> I started out as a scenic artist and an artist, painter as well. And so that allowed me to get on sets and so forth and theater. And so I, my love of writing started very early with short stories and that sort of thing. And then it just it's evolved and then became published and just been going on from there. Do you see a difference between your first series and this current series in terms of the craft? Very much. Primarily because the characters are so much different. The first series was more dark, a little more dark. The character was more, I don't, I don't want to say traumatized, but she had, she had more layers as far as not seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Whereas this character is very much positive. She wants only to help further her her tribe and her people and to keep them safe. Really, it's, it's her main goal. And to keep the community aspect alive. And tell us about your approach to the craft. How often, how long do you write during the day? This was a, a very different aspect in that my agent proposed the... Of three, three 
page synopsis and first five chapters. And essentially sent that to Thomas and Mercer because that was the dream publisher. And they picked it up. It was sold on spec. And therefore, I only had like four months to write the entire novel. The good part is that the second book from my first series, Snare, also takes place on the Taos Pueblo. So I'd already accomplished a great deal of research and had my contacts on the Pueblo. So that's really the only way I could have done it so fast. I had health issues. I had breast cancer. I'm a survivor. So it was, I took a pretty much a five-year break on the writing just because health-wise, I just couldn't do it. I couldn't hold, I couldn't hold on to the thought, let alone be creative. So then when I was approached to to present something, it was like, okay, I think I can do this. I think I'm ready. But I, I had to break up my days of writing where I would do you know, essentially two hours in the morning and then two hours in the afternoon. And then like from six to eight, I would be able to crank out a little bit more. So I had to give my brain a lot of time to recover during the day. But it was I was doing every day, maybe taking a, a day off or so. But it ninety thousand words in four months is it's yeah. <laughs> but thankfully I had so much of the research already done that and my contacts already on speed dial that you know they were very helpful in, in keeping me on track. How did you find working at Tiles? As far as the Pueblo or the work yes. city? Very welcoming. Very welcoming. There are so many so many tourists to go through there about with COVID and so forth. They were closed for a very long time. They had, unfortunately, quite a lot of loss. They opened up a new, a new graveyard in 2017, and there are just far too many graves there right now. And so it was, they're welcoming, but they're very cautious because it's, they don't let you in, most of them, most don't let you in the home. We have to meet somewhere or outside specifically. And then on the Pueblo itself, on the village, there's the two ancient dwellings that have been there for over a thousand years. Everybody's very protective and rightfully so because it's, it was very devastating to the tribe. Yeah, I grew up in New Mexico, and so I can only imagine how terrible COVID must have been. And there's two roads in. You know, you can only block off roads because that's the only natural way in, entrances and exits. Yeah. So as far as keeping the the tribe safe that way, it's very difficult. Yes. I can only imagine that must have been very difficult. See, in terms of this new series, Redip, that, that Redemption starts off the new series. Right. Are you thinking ahead for how many books in this series? Or certainly, the the second one is titled Havoc. I turned that into my publisher just before I came here. <laughs> so we are well on the way. Although my developmental editor is working on it right now, so not very much of a break before <laughs> promoting this one and then getting going on getting the second one in good shape. Is this your first Botricon? No, I've been here quite a few times. I'm actually Anthony Award nominee twice, two times for Best Audiobook. And yeah, two audiobooks. And I've been, I, this is about my seventh or eighth one. Yeah. Yeah. 
How have you seen it change over the years? Some really good questions. This is a really good place to have it right here. Not only the location, of course, because I can drive here. Uh-huh. <laughs> I haven't ever been able to drive to a voucher gun, but the hotel's spectacular. It's just great. Yeah, sometimes the hotels are a little small, a little too small, where people have to stay elsewhere. And I'm sure there are people that did that are staying elsewhere. Right. But it's nice to be able to stay in at the, the conference hotel. But as far as the openness and mystery conferences are the most welcoming, and the fans are great. It's exposing new readers to your work is it's every writer's goal and dream. Absolutely. But so opening, so welcoming here. Yeah. Have you found the interaction with other writers to be helpful, useful? Sure. I've been doing this for a while. My first book came out in 2009. These are the conferences where I look so forward. This one in Left Coast Crime because I get to see my buddies two times a year. And hopefully, thankfully, please, everybody stay safe so we can keep doing it. But yes, and it's so important for writers coming up is to make these establish these relationships because you become friends and eventually you could ask them to blurb your book where it doesn't feel so weird and awkward. But yeah, it's give and take, and that's what's so important. Left Coast Crime was in Albuquerque last year. Did you make that? I did not. I did not. I Yeah, I stayed safe. <laughs> That's one you could have driven to. Yes, that's true. <laughs> it was in, yeah, Santa Fe. Santa Fe, it's, but then that one was Snare. was my second book. It also took place on the Tales Pueblo. It was up for the, yeah. for the Hillerman Sky Award for that. Yeah, I try to make, I try to make that one in Thriller Fest in New York. But that one's a whole other story. <laughs> that we drove to Albuquerque from Sacramento last year and we learned some things about driving that far at this age so three yeah. still recovering yeah that's right that's a trick I'll say so when you obviously write what you know, and when you did the Smoky, what was it? Smoky the, yeah, Smoky Mountain Inquest. Smoky Mountain Inquest. That was particularly close to home, obviously. Yeah, my, my mother's people are from there, and I spent all my summers growing up. And let me tell you, from decades ago, and not much <laughs> has changed. It's still a very small town. Yeah. So you have to take liberties. There's a, there's a theater that's involved in... There is no theater. There's a theater in at the university, but so I I got calls from my cousins. Where's the university? Where's the theater? <laughs> so yeah, you do have to take liberties if it's such a small small area. How did you get to know the Taos? Well, I would well I I knew in in book two in Snare I I wanted a Native American that wasn't Cherokee that that wasn't Eastern Band, and the sheriff. The lead character on the first book of that, I wanted a little bit of a shakeup between him and his Cherokee love interest. So I wanted another tribe, and I thought, well, look at it, the map, and I, you can drive to Taos to do research, and it, it all just fell together. And my first trip there, I met my contact during a horseback ride that he never would have. It was his father's ranch, 
on the the reservation, and it just every all the puzzle pieces just finally went together. Are you finding more and more native voices in the mystery space? Ramona Emerson, I'm just captivated by her, and she is up for an Anthe Award for best debut for Shutter. It is a spectacular book, spectacular. And I'm so happy for her. Yeah, there's more and more opportunities. And that is really why, one of the reasons why Thomas and Mercer picked me up is that they are top right now in in representing uh, culture and opening the eyes to, to readers. And I have been very well received. I am completely blessed to be represented by them. I was going to ask about that. We did an interview earlier today where we talked with various people about unheard voices and why they're not heard. And it seems that one complaint has been that publishers are frequently looking for fresh but familiar, as they say. And if it's not familiar, then they're not going to publish it. Yeah, it's, yeah, it seems to be the case, but uh, Thomas and Mercer, they're pretty fearless as far as that goes. It's, they're, um, but you're right. If they're, if they don't believe it's going to sell, they won't pick it up. It's too much competition out there. They're just tales. Right. We're just about out of time. Um, Is there a question that we haven't asked that you would like your readers and listeners to know about? I just want everyone to know that this is a great program, and I love Pam Stack, and and she's wonderful, and I appreciate the time so very much. (laughs) So very much. Yes, you know what? I really appreciate this, and for being so open to all of us. We appreciate it so very much. We appreciate your being here to be on Authors on the Air with us and here at Bocicon 2023. So thanks very much, Deborah. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it.